Hello all and welcome back to another episode of Movies and Us, a weekly gathering place filled with conversations about movies, stories, and connection. My name is Jennifer Hahn. And I'm Sarah Callen. And today we are going to be reviewing the film Maestro. Alright Sarah, kick us off with an IMDb summary for Maestro. This love story chronicles the lifelong relationship of conductor-composer Leonard Bernstein and actress Felicia Montalegra Cohn Bernstein. All right. And in Movies in Us tradition, we will kick off with our one-sentence summaries for Maestro. Sarah, what was yours? Mine is musicals, Mahler, and old man makeup. Yes. <laughs> Lots of those things in this movie, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My one-sentence summary is, this film is as hollow as the Snoopy float. <laughs> All right. Let's it. start off with our initial thoughts of Maestro. It was available on Netflix. We recommend uh, listening uh, as we go into spoiler section. But in this first section, we will not spoil this movie quite yet. We'll keep our thoughts more high level. So, Sarah, tell me your thoughts about Maestro. I am intrigued. Yeah, I think this is going to be a really fun conversation because I had a great time with this movie. Okay, I, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Which, honestly, is not that surprising. Uh there's a lot about this that I was like, oh yeah, no, this is this is a movie for me. Um, I just got swept up in just the music, and and I I think that this movie for me captured the the magic that music provides, and just getting lost in in this composer conductor world, and and I I liked. A lot of the the creative choices that were made, um, I, I love the way that music really permeates this entire thing and kind of moves you through these different vignettes of his life. Um, I think Carrie Mulligan steals this whole yeah. movie; she does yeah. a great job in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, this uh, this sucked me in, and I had a great time with it. All right, this is gonna be a fun conversation. My favorite. Uh, yeah, this, this, this didn't work for me, but I could be the problem too. So I recognize this. Um, I, I just, I think biopics are, are hard in general. And I felt, uh, not exactly the way that I felt after, um, watching, oh, what was that? It's the Marilyn Monroe, Anna de Armas movie. Um, Blonde. Blonde. Yes. Yes. Not not the same scale, but a little shadow of just I think that there's a lot more complexity to this person than we get in this film. Um, I, I think that there's a there's kind of like a missing missing a piece of this movie, which is really this movie choosing to dive into the complexities of the, the 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 politics of the time and really understanding who this person is, what drives him, what his complexities are. I think that honestly, Carrie Mulligan's character as Felicia is far more interesting in some of the tensions that she experiences in her emotions, her desires, and her her feelings of responsibility and duty that she experiences. And so 
as far as a, a like portrait of Leonard Bernstein, I, I just, I, that, that didn't work for me. I didn't love it. I felt like there's a lot of things that Bradley Cooper and team shied away from. And there's, there's a, there's a lot there in this person's life and this era and some of the choices that he made. And they just kind of don't choose to dive that deeply into it. So a lot of those big, like, moments in this film felt a little showy to me and and this feels like Bradley Cooper wanting to um create a a melodramatic story about this person and I know he's got his eye on some award stuff so I I just this didn't work for me it rubbed me the wrong way in certain scenes and I I just I kind of wanted this movie to choose to dig deeper and it felt a little bit um like it didn't, it didn't really want to, and that's fine. There's a lot that's good in this movie, but there, there's just more that I think this movie could have chosen to, to do, and it didn't. So I agree with you that Carrie Mulligan really does steal the show in this movie in her storyline, and um, yeah, I, I, and I, I was reflecting. <laughs> at the end of this movie because this this movie is funded and produced by a lot of incredible filmmakers so I was like clearly maybe I'm the problem I don't know but um yeah this didn't work for me no I I definitely don't think that you are alone like after I was done watching this I I'll go on letterboxd and there's like a few people that I follow that I'm I usually agree with them on, uh-huh. on movies and we see things very similarly and a lot of people did not rate this movie well and mm-hmm. and in their reviews kind of shared a lot of the things that you just shared so I I think that this is just probably going to be a pretty polarizing movie yeah. uh, I, I think it is one of those like if you are able to get swept up in the magic then you're able to go with it and have a great time but if that doesn't quite get you then you're left like wanting more and this feels mm-hmm. a little bit more shallow than you maybe want to mm-hmm. yeah yeah and I'm intrigued to, to talk about some of those moments that really worked for you and it could be that we come to this with different lenses and different um things that really like touched on the the heartstrings that dr- either drew us in or was just like, you know, this is this is not going the direction that I expected it to go. I actually had a lot of hope for this movie in the first like 30 minutes of it. Um by the hour mark I was like this is this is a slog. I just it felt so long to me. But oh, there, there's no. actually there's a couple of scenes that I actually think are really well executed and some of the filmmaking choices that Cooper and team choose to make are really fascinating. Um so I'm excited to talk about some of those too. But yeah. All right. Let's include a spoiler alert if you haven't seen Maestro. It is available on Netflix. We recommend checking it out before continuing to listen to the rest of this episode because we're going to dive into spoiler territory. Okay. Um, I'm intrigued to learn about some of those moments that really worked for you and kind of what what drew you into the magic of the music. Yeah, I I think one of the things that I really appreciated this about this movie is probably something that you didn't like mm-hmm. in that like this to me didn't feel like a traditional biopic uh and and this movie to me seemed less interested in like certain events and um certain things that Bernstein went through 
and more interested in like the music that he created and like understanding him through the music. And, and then we get to see these little glimpses of who he is as a character. And so I, I kind of viewed it through that lens that like, in some ways the music and the score is more important than some of the visual things that are happening, which I think are gorgeous. There's a lot of really genius cinematography things that this film does that I think are super fun. Um, But for me, it really was all about the music and trying to get into Bernstein's head a little bit and, and just the way that certain songs would come in and certain points to, to illustrate what was happening in the scene and what people were feeling in that scene. And I don't know, I just, I loved that it was a little bit different than I expected. I I expected more of like a traditional biopic. I wasn't super excited to watch this movie, but it's more creative than I thought this was going to be. And I think that creativity surprised me and, and hooked me pretty much from the start. Mm, interesting interesting so so actually it's the the musical score choices that really augmented the the character story it sounds like for you is that right yeah yeah I think so Mm. and like there there's one scene that I I mean there's a lot of scenes that I loved but like one of them that I felt like really accentuated this was um when uh, Felicia and Leonard were were going through some some strife was really starting to happen, um, and and they were up at a house for I don't know some event, and as Leonard is pulling in, uh, the prologue from West Side Story starts. Yes, and so <laughs> when you know that that musical, you know that it starts out with these two feuding groups. Mm. And so just the way that 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 music really helps you go like, oh, they're fighting right now. He is from a separate group right now coming onto her territory. And now they're going to have it out. Like I just I loved those moments where where if you know more of his his catalog, then you know that there's additional meaning that's being added through the music to what they're feeling. Mm. So it's interesting use of score beyond just, uh, you know, the, the musical components fueling mm-hmm. the emotional components, but also even like from a cognitive perspective, um, having the context of that, that really also yeah. fuels the moment as well. It's kind of, it's kind of a collide, like a, a mosaic of different, different pieces together that um, are really adding more than just musical emotion. That's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, there, there's um, – you mentioned the cinematography choices. And one of the things that I, I actually think this film does really well is that the, some of the cinematography decisions that it chooses to make. One of the ones that really stood out to me was their fight on Thanksgiving. And – Oh, yes. That was – an incredible that's that was one of those moments where I was like if the rest of the movie could be like this I'm all here for it I'm all here for it but um that the the decision to keep the camera incredibly still on that scene and it does not cut away it does not move at all we are just still watching this fight unfold and it's a it's a long shot too it's probably like a couple of minutes of them going at it and even when she leaves the room, the camera stays put. And that feeling of 
being stuck, the discomfort, the, the, the way that the camera forces you to be emotionally in the scene, I thought was so fabulous. I mean, we've, we've seen millions of fights um, in movies and there's often a lot of cutting between people's faces and their facial expressions and their reactions. And we actually don't get to see either of their facial expressions in that scene. And it actually adds to the drama and the emotion of that moment. I thought that was genius. That's an incredible scene. And then, of course, Snoopy's float comes in at just <laughs> the worst timing yeah. and casts this like dark shadow over the room as at, right after she leaves the room. And I thought that choice, one, the, the visual cognitive dissonance of this, you know, cheerful Snoopy float on this festive day going by, but but the shadow it casts in the room feels also so uh, metaphorical and, and, and purposeful. So that the way that whole scene is constructed, I thought was just absolutely genius. Yeah. I, I loved that scene also. And I, I loved how symmetrical that shot was too, because mm-hmm. they were both so evenly positioned and, and he was in the foreground. She was a little bit in the background, but he was in shadow and she was in the light. And so it was just such a visually interesting way to compose that shot. And, and like you said, we don't get to see these close-ups of their faces, which I think at least for me, it made me pay so much more attention to their words. And mm-hmm. there was this like really cool rhythmic nature to the way that they were fighting with each other. Uh, and, and just the way that, that they would repeat certain things and interrupt one another. And, and I don't know, it was just this really interesting, like soundscape in addition to being this really cool visual and, and beautifully composed shot. It, it's, one of my favorite parts of this whole movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that scene was incredible, absolutely incredible. And and you're right that the the fight crescendos and diminuendos in a way that feels incredibly musical. You know, like that the escalating emotion, but also the volume of their voices also get louder and often you know fights happen that way where you kind of start out just kind of bickering and somehow it slowly begins to swell up into this like fever pitch of emotion and I thought that that scene captured the way that we often fight quite well very well Mm -hmm. and I, I think that we see moments of that throughout their relationship just how human some of those moments are like they would go from having a really serious conversation to being really, really silly. And, and I just loved the kind of the fluidity of their conversations and, and how some of the dialogue is constructed in this, I thought was, was pretty interesting, but it also, especially like, it made me want to know Felicia even more, especially like, I don't know, she just has some killer lines throughout Mm -hmm. this that were just so fun. Mm -hmm. She really is the star of this movie. I mean, yes. one of the points that I mentioned earlier was that I, I think that this movie almost ironically seems to give more emotional depth to Felicia and her her choices and her her inner conflicts more ironically than it gives to Bernstein's character, which some people might disagree with. But uh, I think maybe it's also she's just a more captivating character to me. The performance is incredible, but... 
Bernstein almost is this larger than life person and she is figuring out how to be in his orbit. And I think the movie portrays that dynamic more more um, explicitly as well. Like he's often like a, a, a gust of wind that like enters into a room and has this like kind of frenetic energy and, and, and kind of sucks up the life of the room and she's figuring out how to be in it and then he leaves. But we, we get more of her inner life than I think that we do with Bernstein's character, which is just an interesting choice. I, I don't know if that was the intention of this movie, but that's kind of how I received this movie is that she is figuring out how to be in his orbit. And I actually felt like the movie is, is, is more interested in unpacking and unveiling that inner part of her more than it is him, which is ironic because the movie is about him in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I feel like you see that really, uh, I don't know, you see that in that one scene where he is conducting and it's just his shadow that's giant and taking up the whole screen. And then she is just an itty bitty person in the middle of that shadow, just watching him in awe. And I, I feel like that that moment really encapsulates this whole movie. You know, mm-hmm. she and and throughout we see, you know, she is an actress and, and she started out with a career and then she kind of gets swept up in in him and running the household and, and raising the kids and managing his schedule and all of that and kind of loses herself. And so then yeah. in the end, it's it's her attempting to find herself again. Uh, and then, you know, the movie ends with her, her getting cancer. And, and that was a really interesting, uh, moment too, because she had said previously about how, how she didn't think that she had needs and, and, mm-hmm. and then she's in this position where she needs constant help and you see that tension within her too. So I do feel like there's so much exploration of her as a character, which, I also thought was was really interesting and I'm I'm really glad that Carrie Mulligan took this role though cuz she she does it absolutely beautifully. Mhm. Yeah. This movie needs to be called The Maestro's Wife or just The Actress. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like this movie really is about her. <laughs> yeah. If we look at the the character arcs of these two people, I would argue she goes on a much more uh full journey than he does like when we look at them at the beginning of the film and the way that they change and evolve and and change their perspectives and and evolve I think that she goes through far more ups and downs that the movie portrays not the actual people in in real life but the, the the way that they showcase that those moments of conflict and then the way that she either begins to form a path and then change her direction. Like there's a lot more of that in this movie than for her than there is for him. He is kind of big and larger than life and we see some of his his conflicts, but really it's it's all about him being big and bold and ambitious and uh, maybe kind of complicated in some ways, but the, there's not much more beyond that for him. Um so this is why the movie needs to be called The Actress. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Okay. We can we can change that. Mm-hmm. All good. We will petition Netflix and say, hey, <laughs> we have some suggestions. Yes. We've got some some ideas here. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, and I, I think that maybe that's a, um, a challenge in framing or expectation around this film, which is that it, it's marketed and positioned as either a focused on Leonard Bernstein's life and kind of a biopic and a portrait of who he was as a person, or the other way it's often portrayed or, or can be positioned is that it's about their relationship. And I think, I think the movie like, um, it is lackluster in both of those areas and it actually leans more heavily into her character, which is just kind of um, interesting because the expectation, again, is mismatched from what we actually receive, which perhaps it's a, it's a, it's a me thing that I could have just given myself over to it, but that, that feels misaligned in its focus area, you know? No, that's, that's fair. Uh, I think this is another one of those times when I knew nothing about this movie (laughs) the only thing that I really knew about it was the whole like controversy with Bradley Cooper wearing a prosthetic nose that's all I knew about this movie going into it uh so I I didn't go into it with with expectations of of what this is going to be but like once again we're here with uh marketing that is maybe not helping this movie's case and and maybe if it if the marketing had been framed a little bit differently then maybe expectations would be set a little bit more appropriately so then maybe a better time could be had but i i don't even know that that would help yeah with some of these like larger things cuz most of the like complaints that i've i've seen about this have been like you were saying earlier like it's a little bit shallow it's not um like a deep enough exploration yeah. of this character or these larger themes. So I think, uh, I don't know, even marketing can't help fix that, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, but if the movie had actually chosen to lean into the, the, the inner life of Carrie Mulligan's character as Felicia, that's an interesting movie. There's a lot of themes there that are incredibly relevant. And, you know, I, I feel like, we've watched a slew of movies recently around like just women that are on the receiving end and figuring out how to be in the orbit of great men. And, you know, we, we saw that with Priscilla, there's a little bit of that in Eileen and kind of having to bear the burdens of the men in their lives who are kind of oblivious to a lot of it and pursuing their hopes and dreams and the sacrifices that the women make in order to support and to make them great. That's an interesting theme. Like could be that movie. The the like the the Felicia in his orbit figuring out how to be like that essentially it's Priscilla in a lot of ways. Um now that's that's a fascinating movie. And I think there's a lot there that the movie actually is interested in. Uh, but it's maybe just a little bit unfocused. Hey, here's the good news. Uh last year we got Elvis, and then this year we got Priscilla. So maybe yes, we please you know Leonard this year, and maybe we'll get Felicia next year. Mm-hmm. One can only hope, yeah, because she is fascinating. I wanted to know so much more about her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Especially, I think one of the interesting um, aspects of that dynamic is that she is also incredibly talented. She had her own career. It's it's almost different from 
Priscilla in a lot of ways because she's got her own ambitions as well and, and pursues them and loves her craft. And we see that scene later on in the film where she, you know, mourns the fact that she she lost so much time and wants to get back to her craft. Like there's there's so much complexity there and and competing tensions there that would be so interesting to explore in a lot of ways she isn't the the you know classic female character that we've seen in films that are just playing the supportive role but there's true sacrifices that she makes in order to help him succeed and you know one of the aspects of um the actual real life figure of of Leonard Bernstein and and in their relationship is in the again the movie kind of touches on it but kind of shies away from it which is that he is told that he needs to be a family man in order to really catapult his career because of some of the the choices and preferences that he has and so part of their marriage is complex because it is out of love but it also is out of convenience and out of strategic choices made to further his career and the movie kind of hints at it but then you know, kind of backs away from it. And man, I just want the movie to co- like commit to it. Just like give us all that, that nitty gritty detail because that casts an interesting shadow on this relationship as well. And we see, you know, their love in a lot of ways, but we also see them make trade-offs in, you know, the public eye and the PR and the rumors. And I think that there's there's a lot more there that the movie could have really dove, dove into that um, it kind of backs away from to not be as polarizing mm. mm-hmm. yeah yeah that that makes sense I think like the hints were enough for me mm. uh but you're right I I think I think if this were a more traditional biopic then that's where it would have gone because all of that is very very fascinating but I think for me, like I viewed this as Leonard can be understood through his music. And so that's what we're going to focus on. We're going to, we're going to give you enough information to kind of give you the gist of what was going on in his life. But, but if you want to know the man, you need to explore this music. And so that's what we're going to do. And, and then Mm. you get hints about his character, you get hints about his relationship, but the music is the most important uh, instead of the traditional biopic route where it's here are these things and these are the things that happened and da, 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 da. Yeah. So it sounds like that, that viewing this through the lens of his music was really what helped unlock more of this for you. Fascinating. Yeah. That's, I, that's how I viewed it. I don't know if that's what they were going for, (laughs) but, but that was my, interpretation uh mm-hmm. and I think that's what helped me like go along with this and and helped make this work as well as it did uh mm-hmm. I don't know mm-hmm. but that might not have been what they were going for so I also might be wrong <laughs> well you are you've got Scorsese and Spielberg throwing their money at this on your side so you know when all that takes out <laughs> I'm likely the problem <laughs> the well, the ending you credits and- were rolling and I was like and they were you know like produced by yeah produced by Scorsese produced by yeah. Spielberg and I'm like oh okay I I see I see let me do some self-reflection here <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, you are not alone. There are a lot of other people Wonderful. who feel similarly to you. So Perfect. I don't know. I I really do think that this is one of those like really polarizing yeah. movies and uh and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because it makes it makes a lot of different choices, I think, than yeah. than a traditional biopic, which is which is good. Like they're 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 doing something different. I mean, you mentioned earlier, like even the way that the dialogue is constructed, I thought was really fascinating and and very different from just most films in general. There isn't clean like this person delivers a line and is responded by this person. They're, they're talking over each other quite a bit, and I felt like that gave such an interesting sense of time and place and 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 realism and and feeling like you are part of this these two human beings versus these two characters so I thought that was like a really smart choice for this film to make because when we talk to people in in real life we're talking over each other we're like bump you know jutting in um interrupting you know and and part of that is the banter and the trust and the timing and the the closeness that you have with certain people and I thought they captured that really really well also well delivered by Cooper and Carrie Mulligan so that was like a fascinating like filmmaking choice and and dialogue choice that I thought worked really well well and even along that line too I I think there were certain moments where the dialogue reminded me of a musical too because like Mm. musicals have their own cadence even in the speaking parts and and I feel like this movie captures that, which I think is also really interesting given that, you know, he wanted to to compose musicals and he was having a great time with musicals, but he had this tension within him of, do I pursue this or do I do serious music? And so the yeah. fact that throughout the movie, there's this very lyrical musical feel to the dialogue I felt like was a really smart choice. And, and again, like helped me, be reminded of his love for the theater and his love mm-hmm. for musicals in in how everyone is speaking. You know what's interesting is that this movie is categorized genre-wise, according to Google, as a romance slash musical, which is just such an interesting mm-hmm. choice, you know? Like yeah. I saw that like, you know, two minutes before we hopped on and I was like, oh, what? <laughs> But but that's that's an interesting perspective as someone who does not experience a lot of musicals. That that's not that's an interesting like point of view on the way that the dialogue is musically constructed as well, the pacing, the rhythm, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I think that was another thing that I really loved is especially in the beginning even the cinematography felt like you were in a musical or, you know, felt like you were in a, in a movie from decades ago. So like when he first gets the call that he's going to conduct that day and he's running through the Mm. hallways in that like one continuous shot, like that is such, I don't know, that just like reminds me of a musical and how you would film a musical. It was great. And so I just, again, loved those little touches all throughout. And so then you see this contrast of his love for conducting and his love for, you know, these really, really great composers while also being innovative and and exploring this other medium. And I feel like the film does a really good job balancing those two things um, and, and contrasting those two sides of Leonard that he's trying to like reconcile with himself how does he do both 
when uh, people are telling him that you need to do one or the other. So I think even the cinematography helped highlight that tension within him. Mm, mm. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So it sounds like there's, there's a lot more of those details that kind of had larger meanings for you, which is great because you always mm-hmm. say you're not good at metaphors but look at that look at you <laughs> if you give me like certain things then I'm like oh my gosh I will read all the meaning yes. into these things <laughs> give me musicals I got you I, I love it, it I love it <laughs> <laughs> no that's that's really interesting and fascinating because um I didn't pick up on those details or read as much into it so I think that's why my reading of him and the way that the movie portrays him is feels a lot more thin because I'm like that this movie doesn't seem to really dive into those aspects of him and who he was but um it sounds like some of those filmmaking choices really helped unearth some of that for you which is so interesting how we took yeah and and I I I liked that the film like so for example uh kind of early on uh he's in that interview with Felicia and and he's mm-hmm. talking about his profession and he's contrasting being a composer with being a performer and like the the introvert side and the extrovert side of of these two things and and how they coexist in in one person and so i feel like that conversation that moment for me helped anchor a lot of the other things that we would see and we would hear because you're 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 seeing him being that introvert and trying to compose while also being pulled to be the extrovert and and perform or conduct or whatever and and so i just love that all throughout there are these little moments where where you where he says something that is an insight into who he is but then all of the technical aspects of the film will then give you opportunities to kind of reflect on that a little bit more. So Mm. I don't know. I feel like maybe you have to do a little bit more work in this movie to like pick up some of those things. But like if you're if you're enjoying the movie enough and you're willing to go to some of those places, then the movie really rewards you uh, to be able to like unearth some of these things. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I I think that like most of the scenes that we see him in communicate a certain side of him. And in contrast to Carrie Mulligan's character, as we've talked extensively about, where we get to see some of her moments where we understand her inner life a little bit more. And with him, I think he's, he's, he's often in scenes where he's surrounded by people and, and he's talked about that he loves being around people and, and when, especially in some of those scenes where he's older, he, he talks about how much that that fuels him. And so we just – we don't see, from my perspective, those quieter moments of him, like when he is creating on his own. While in contrast, we get a lot of that with this other character. So it, it's the, – the sides of him that we experience are when he is surrounded by people at a party, when he is – he's um, performing, when he is teaching. Like it's it's very external – and maybe there's more that the movie communicates as far as his inner life, but like we we don't, I I didn't get enough of that in order to really see those aspects of him. And we get a lot of that with his other characters. So it feels kind of like a, a mismatched focus of attention or maybe mispacing and timing of how much of each of those we get to see of these two characters. Because 
we we kind of see the inner life of Carrie Mulligan's character while seeing only a few moments of her on stage uh, performing, things like that. And so it's an interesting pairing of what this movie chooses to spend its time showing versus not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It has made some bold choices here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, let's see. What what else really stood out to you with this film? Uh, can we talk about that scene at uh, Ellie Cathedral? Mm-hmm. That like six minute long scene. Yes. Uh, I am pretty sure that I was holding my breath during that. Like I was absolutely in awe. I was sucked in. I was wow. there for it. I was having a great time. I loved it. It's probably my favorite moment of the entire movie. Fascinating. Uh, it was so good. What did you think about it though? I by that point in the movie I was so exhausted by this movie. Yeah. <laughs> I feel you know, yeah. yeah. We're not surprised. But um I think I hovered over the screen at the one hour mark and I was like, oh my gosh. Oh we saw yeah. an hour of this movie. Good my oh. my goodness. So honestly the second hour entirely just felt like a like a lot and I just fixated mm-hmm. fully on Felicia. And there's a nice. lot of Felicia in the rest of the movie, but I was so done with him by that point in the movie. That's um, amazing. So that 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 scene feels indulgent to me, but I get it. I get I get what it's trying to do. I just feel like it's mm-hmm. that is fair. It was a lot, yeah. and I'm proud of you for getting through it. <laughs> It's impressive. That is a lot. It's like six minutes or something like that. Like it's a long, long moment. And if you are not feeling this movie, uh, that was probably quite brutal. So good job. You know, a thought that I had while watching this movie was I feel frustrated with this character. And I wonder if that's part of the point. And I wonder if that's part of my like connection, empathy for Carrie Mulligan's character just being like the movie just like so highly effective at that that like I too am exhausted by this person on screen and so there was a moment while watching this movie I was like maybe this movie is genius because it's allowed me to experience that and connect with Carrie Mulligan's character in the fact that she is also like by the end of the movie just tired and exhausted in awe in a lot of ways of him and his talent but also just like there's a there's that scene that um the the thanksgiving fight scene where she says it's so draining to love and accept someone who doesn't love and accept themselves and i thought that was just a a fascinating way to frame the rest of the movie um as he is larger than life and she is figuring out how to be there for him and it's exhausting it's freaking exhausting so there was a moment where i was like you know maybe this movie is just really good at portraying that um i actually don't think that that's what the movie's trying to do but yeah. It worked for me. I don't know. Perfect. I I love the the <laughs> rationalization and the attempt at like, I don't know, giving this movie some props. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. But yeah. tell me tell me about what you loved about that scene at the at the cathedral. Oh, it's just gorgeous. I I think mm. for me like I don't know. One of the reasons why I, I 
enjoyed this movie so much mm-hmm. is because the music all seemed so magical and mm. and I think that music is magical and like the fact that people are able to compose and create these wonderful works that can inspire and move you like it's just wonderful music is magic uh and I feel like that scene really mm. showed that and and you can just feel just what it must have been like to be in that room like holy crap that mm. would have been incredible um and so i just listening to it all and 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 the fact that the camera doesn't move a whole lot and so it's just centered on these musicians on bernstein conducting and i i i feel like bradley cooper yeah. did a great job in that scene like can you imagine that task of trying yeah. to conduct like one of the best conductors ever? Like, yeah. what? That's yeah. insane. So I just, I feel like everything in that scene just came to this really beautiful culmination of, of, of his, his masterwork, you know, mm-hmm. and it just felt like such a triumph in that moment. And you see that on his face as he's just grinning from ear yeah. to ear, sweat pouring down him and it's just this feeling of of immense satisfaction when it's when it's over and you know that you've witnessed something truly special and I feel like the film captured all of that and I was just I was swept up in it I was like yes I want more of this (laughs) I love it you were sucked into the magic of this movie and what it's able to create which I I think is is indicative of the the moment actually right after his performance where he gets off stage and he gives this big hug to Felicia and mm-hmm. she says she just she says there's no hate there's this like the awe and the wonder at who this person is and what they are creating and the talent that they have like she she's given herself over to him too and everything else that she's said and her frustrations earlier they seem to just kind of melt and wash away in that moment of just like no I am just so excited to get to be a part of all of this and I thought that was a really sweet moment and also indicative of kind of what they there's a connection that they clearly have but there's also like an awe and respect and like a celebration of each other I mean I think it's a little bit in this movie portrayed to be a little bit one directional but um, I think that that moment for her is also incredibly meaningful for the relationship to continue on. Yeah. And I, I think that that is such a, a good contrast because uh, like a few scenes earlier, mm-hmm. you know, after his successful conducting somewhere else and he's, you know, there's this horde of fans waiting yeah. to meet him applauding and she is walking away uh and that shot is again so beautiful and so interesting uh and so you have that and then just a little while later she is embracing him after this triumph and again like just this really interesting uh these interesting moments in their relationship it's not as fully explored as it maybe could have been but i like that we get to see the the highs and the lows of their relationship to just I feel like that's what this movie is doing like it's just kind of giving you the gist of of who they were of what their relationship was like and then 
you just get swept up in the music if you want to. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's less interested, I think, in exploring deeply these things and more like, yeah, this is kind of what was going on. Okay, now let's listen to some music. Yeah, <laughs> that's a perfect way to describe this. And so if that works for you, you're on board. If it doesn't, yeah. then you're like, I'm left hungry. Yeah. No, but that that is that yeah. is a really great way to describe it. It really almost feels like a series of vignettes and a collection yes. of moments and memories of these two people. And there's a little bit it's it's a lot it's a less tight structure and a lot more loose. And it allows for a lot more of you to either fill in the gaps and find more things or or not. And um mm-hmm. That, that's pretty – yeah, I think that's a pretty accurate description of structurally how this film is operating. And you kind of feel that same looseness in the way that we move from scene to scene and move through time as well. You know, like we just pick up in the next moment and the next vignette and the next memory. Yeah, yeah. So if you want a deep character study, <laughs> this, this is not, is not the you. movie for you. No. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to – sucked into the magic of music and this legendary uh conductor and composer jump right in yeah Yeah, man welcome to the party just just be prepared yes for not a character study (laughs) yeah 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 that's so true that's so true um all right what what else do we want to cover with this Oh, one thing that I was thinking throughout the course of this movie is, and and I'm sure Bradley Cooper's talked about this quite a bit. I just haven't had time to really like dive into all of that. But between the A Star Is Born, which was kind of his directorial debut, and also he he acted in that as well, and with this film, there feels like a a fascination that he seems to have with these. Um, with the idea of artists coming together and and the one the complexities of two artists with ambitions coming together but two kind of these men who are gifted with such talent but then also have these complicated personal lives and i'm just fascinated to see what he creates next but one of the thoughts that i had throughout this whole film is like i'm just curious for Bradley Cooper like why this story? Why this person? Like, what is it about this that he's captivated by? Because not only has he directed this film, he's acted in the film, but he's also contributed and like co-written the screenplay for this. So just the level of investment and involvement to tell this story for this person feels like such an intentional choice for his kind of sophomore piece. And I'm just intrigued to kind of just unpack who Bradley Cooper is and why after a career, a long career in film and whatnot, um, that this is, this is the things that he is interested in. Yeah. And I, I read that like Spielberg initially was going to direct Mm -hmm. uh, one of these. And I read that Scorsese was also thinking about directing this too. Uh, But it ultimately they were like, no, Bradley Cooper should do it. Uh, which yeah. I also think is very interesting yeah. that, you know, two of the greats in directing were like, no, this is the dude. Uh, yeah. And I think they were right. Because um, I, I, while I was watching, I kept thinking to my, because I don't think about Bradley Cooper very often. Like he <laughs> is not an actor that like, 
I would seek something out because he's in it. Uh, I don't know. I've, I don't think I've ever really been like blown away by him as an actor before. Uh, but I am quite impressed with yeah. his choices director and I'm like wait can we do more of this please can you direct more things because he clearly has an eye for it and uh I I also am very excited to see what he does next mm-hmm. yeah and there there seems like a specific aspect to this that he's in he particularly is fascinated by because it is just so there's so many resonant themes with a star is born that I wonder if the the trend will continue or if he will explore something else entirely. But, um, you know, we've had a year in 2023 of these great directors kind of creating pieces that are very much in line thematically with ideas and themes that they've been captivated by for their entire career. So it's just interesting to see him beginning his directorial career and seeing like what are those those themes or common threads that perhaps will be kind of signature for him that he is particularly interested in unpacking. Um, so it's just kind of interesting that we're kind of rounding out the year with this kind of budding new director on the scene that seems to be forming maybe a, a, a theme that he's particularly interested in really diving into. We'll see. Maybe he'll do something totally different and direct yeah. like a, like a <laughs> spritzy action movie. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. He'll do the next Fast and Furious movie. Right. Uh, <laughs> No, that would be horrible. <laughs> yeah, so funny, so funny. But it but. also like goes to show, you know, like becoming such an acclaimed actor as he has, like he's clearly had interest in these other things and has learned a lot while being an actor and yeah. is now using that influence and using his name to get these really awesome projects funded. So mm-hmm. way to go. This is, mm-hmm. I'm impressed, like. That's what a good uh, career trajectory he's on. Yeah, that's that's another thought that I had while watching this film is that, man, like how many people know about Leonard Leonard Bernstein that and his inner life and who he was as a person beyond just like the works that he's created that have been iconic, but just the the way that the public is is introduced to this person now, especially being a Netflix film is kind of exciting to think about as well. Just the amount that people will, begin to get to know this person that has been so influential in the musical world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I appreciated that aspect of this movie as well. Like you can see Leonard's like selfishness in a lot of ways, especially in his relationship with Felicia, but then you also see his generosity and like, I don't know, I, I view creativity as like an inherently generous act and so his his composing and his creating these these wonderful pieces of music but then also his conducting and the way that he would give back to students and and schools and and make this this wonderful music more accessible to the masses and I I love how this film really contrasted those things and and helped even if you're not aware of him, helped you maybe understand the impact that he had on the larger musical world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I feel like that was that was pretty effective, at least for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, legendary, legendary person in the musical world. And, mm-hmm. and in many 
aspects too of music, which I think is is difficult and rare. But you know, even in like musical critique and commentary, he's just done so much and created so much and and contributed like philosophically to the way that we understand classical music and his interpretation. Uh, and that's on top of the actual conducting and 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 composing that he's done. So just on all and many aspects beyond just one specific strand of the musical world he's done so much for. Yeah. Pretty incredible. And and then there's that scene with the the art critic where the the critic lists out all of these crazy accomplishments and then Bernstein says when you add it up it's not a very long list and it's like wait what? <laughs> Excuse you sir? you've just done so much and and still he didn't think that it was enough and Mm -hmm. again like I thought that that was another it's it's such a small line it's a very small moment but that for me was like another little clue of like okay we know a little bit more insight into what is driving this person to continue Mm -hmm. to create and that feeling of it's not enough it'll never be enough I have to keep creating I have to keep making music that's fascinating yeah that's one thing that this movie i think does land very clearly and very well is just that the passion that sustained him through the early parts of his career and his youth but all the way through the end too like that passion for music was so palpable and contagious um they they land that that gusto that he brings to his work i think really really well that was that was characteristic of Bernstein as well so really great Mm -hmm. yep yeah uh all right any other last thoughts about Maestro uh one thing that we didn't talk about Mm -hmm. was uh visually this changes so much over the course of the film yeah what did what did you think about all of that the black and white to color the aspect ratio changing what are your thoughts? I honestly didn't think too much about it. I was I I felt like it was used as a way to showcase the the passage of time and kind of it, it contributes to that feeling of you are uh, experiencing someone's memories in a way or kind of these archives of their life, which I think is actually supported quite well with the way that this movie's framed with um starting out the film with Bernstein at the end of his life and you kind of assume that everything that you experience about the film is kind of a reflection that he has from that moment back on his entire life. And it ends with him in that same kind of moment as well of him in his old age, reflecting on what Felicia's meant to him and all that stuff. So it, it felt like indicative of the passage of time is kind of the way that I felt. And um, I mean, shout out to all the like makeup and prosthetics and you know, production folks that also really help them evolve and change. You see, you see time passing visually as well in um, their wrinkles and and the way that they look and the way that they dress and their hairstyles. So it really felt like a a journey through someone's life's memories. Yeah. What about you? How did mm-hmm. that part work for you? No, yeah, I I loved it, uh, and I. Again, I I like that this to me didn't feel like your traditional biopic, and I I appreciated that 
these visual cues helped you kind of understand the time period that we were in uh, rather than having to rely on like text on a screen to say that, oh, now we've jumped 10 years in time or whatever. So I, I thought that that was a really smart and creative way of communicating that in a way that like we can pick it up and we can we can understand that without having to be so explicit about it. Uh, mm-hmm. And like you said, man, the makeup and prosthetics team, like, holy moly, they did a great job. Like when the yes. when the movie starts and you see uh, him, you see Bradley Cooper in his old man makeup, like, wow, it looked yeah. so good. Yeah. I, like there was a hot second where I was like, oh my gosh, is that Bradley Cooper? Like, yeah. wow. <laughs> uh, they did an incredible job. So I... I'm sure that this this movie is vying for like Oscar noms and oh all of that. Gosh, yeah. I mean, the the makeup team is top of that list. They deserve loads of recon- recognition for what they did. And even toward the end uh with Carrie Mulligan's character when Felicia is yeah. going through cancer, like holy crap, they did a they did a phenomenal job on her too. Yeah. Yeah. This movie's got Oscar written all over it. And, and oh my gosh! And, yes. In many aspects, you know. So, yeah. uh, I'm sure we will be talking about this movie again soon as we head into Oscar season for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, this was our review and discussion of Maestro. It is available on Netflix. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Movies and Us. Our name sums it up. We're all about movies and the powerful ways we connect with each other and the world around us. This podcast is about all of us and our shared stories. So everyone is welcome here and we're so glad you hung out with us today. You can subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you tune into your favorite shows. Drop us a rating and review, letting us know your thoughts about Maestro. You can connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at Movies and Us Pod, or you can email us at Movies and Us Pod at gmail.com. We will be back very soon to discuss the film Iron Claw. We hope you have an amazing week, and we'll see you very soon. <laughs>